My name is Kristen Cleave, and the name of my company is Slice Pie Company. Awesome, Kristen. And is this your first time raising money for your company, or have you been through the rounds before? This is our very first time. We're used to being interviewed for, like, the fluffy stuff, so this is a whole different concept for us. What do you think is a question that you're hoping to ask, that you've prepared for, you're ready for? Is this really the best pie ever? So I can say, yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> Kristen Cleave is the owner of Slice Pie Company, and she's all over the triangle, at the state fair, in local magazines, and even in USA Today. My friends on Facebook are sharing pictures when they get a slice pie, and she is like the Julia Child or Reed Drummond of the Triangle. I wouldn't be surprised to see her on her own baking show one day. But for now, she has incredible brand recognition in our local area, and she's at a point in her business where she wants to take the next step. But how? Is it by expanding into e-commerce? Is it more wholesale to grocery stores? Is it more shops throughout the Triangle and then the rest of North Carolina? But if she's going to grow, she needs money to do it. Let's meet our investors today. Hi, I'm Robbie Hardy. I'm founder and chair of Excel Ventures. Robbie is a champion of the women's entrepreneurship movement, and her venture fund focuses exclusively on debt deals to female founders. Hey, I'm Tim McLaughlin. I'm a partner at Co-Founders Capital. Co-Founders Capital has raised $43 million to invest in North Carolina companies. Hello, I'm Keith Daniel. I'm co-founder and general partner of Resilient Ventures. Resilient Ventures invests in early-stage African-American founders. Hi, I'm Grant Willard. I'm the founder of Jewelbug. Grant Willard is an angel investor whose first company, iCubed, sold to Adobe back in 2005. I'm your host, Sharon Delaney McLeod, and you're listening to the Startup Stage Podcast, where underrepresented entrepreneurs can share their dreams with angel investors, venture capitalists, and you. This is season one, and we're in the Triangle of North Carolina, a place where colleges and tech form a vibrant startup community. These episodes were recorded in late February, right before the world changed due to COVID-19. At the end of this season, we'll explore what's happened to these companies since the recordings and since the launch of this podcast. Did they get the investment they were looking for? Did other investors contact them after listening to this show? Has the worldwide pandemic affected their chances of getting funding? So let's set the stage for Kristen. She brought along her parents, and together they handed out pecan pie and apple pie for all of the investors to taste. Smart choice. Hi, I'm Kristen Cleave with Slice Pie Company. I'm partner with my father. We've been in business for almost six years. It will be six years in March. We are based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. We ship nationwide. We have a lot of wholesale accounts. We also have a little pop-up shop in downtown Raleigh now off Martin Street. We have had zero debt from day one. We've hit the ground running. We have 70% gross margins, and we have yet to find a pie that is good as ours. <laughs> so <laughs> our goal is to get somebody to invest in our business that sees the passion and the drive that we have these are all family recipes. These are passed down from my father's side of the family. And we're just looking to see if someone's interested in helping us take this to the next level. I had a question, but I got a mouthful of fire. <laughs> 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 
So can I tell you a little bit about what you're eating? Sure, please do. So the apple pie, believe it or not, crust and everything is vegan unless you have an issue with the granulated sugar. All of our fruit pies are vegan unless, you know, true vegans will not eat granulated sugar, but that's something we can always switch out. We can do any allergy. We can do anything gluten-free. If you have a peanut allergy, soy-free, egg-free, dairy-free. So we can hit any market. And there's a huge market for the vegan and gluten-free. So we know we're just tapping into that. Our other pies, we can make dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever. But like that pecan pie is definitely not dairy-free, egg-free, soy-free. I always say that's our showstopper, but we did enter the apple pie in the state fair in one first place. And that's where this whole idea came about. I was in high school. My father entered it. One immediately, he also won biscuits. So, you know, that's a whole nother business idea. <laughs> but we are very passionate about baking. This is what I grew up doing. I had my daughter. I was in a very comfortable work from home tech industry position. And I just decided it wasn't enough for me. So I started this business organically, started posting on Facebook. Next thing I know, people are posting constantly and my feed is just loaded with our pies. I think a lot of it too is because I'm from here. I'm born and raised. I'm a native. So I had a lot of people backing us up from the beginning. About six to eight months in, next thing I know, I'm quitting my job. Have run with it ever since. So it has been going well. It is my passion, my father's passion. He gets up at three in the morning every day and helps get the day going. Did you do the step up? Raleigh, did you, have you been? The ministries? Yeah. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I worked for Step Up North Carolina yeah. about two, yeah, three years been, ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, getting the pies. Yeah. So, wow. Did you nice. get the tryers? I did. I got a, I, I think I gave away a couple. As oh, a cool. Or purchased a couple. Yeah. So, yeah. We've done something with them every year. You're right. You you got some really good pie. I don't Thank know if you compete with grandmamas, but it's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Your vision, right? So this, you've had a great business. You got great margins. You got a store downtown. Where in 20 years, if you said this thing was a tremendous success, what would that look like? Well, what we haven't even really tapped into is the digital advertising side. I've barely put any money into advertising. We've been very fortunate. MSN, USA Today, The Daily Meal, like this all happened organically. Front page of a magazine, our state magazine, all that. Oh, I can show you too, but they (laughs) they can't see it on the podcast. So if it were up to me, we would be selling nationwide, biggest name in the nation. However, I do realize we are sitting on something huge in this area. This is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. And nobody is doing what we're doing. And I love that we're still making things fresh and getting it straight to the consumer. So I feel like I'm sitting on this niche market. No one's doing pies in this way. And I know it's just a matter of getting them in front of people because as soon as they try it, they're hooked. They don't want to go anywhere else. I've got 23 other flavors that no one can touch. So it's about getting it to the masses. And even our website is not automatic online point click purchase and we're still killing it. So I'm in the process of building a brand new website so that people can purchase. And then within like 48 hours, they get a pie sent to them or delivered to them locally. I know that if we increase in our digital marketing ads and really tap into that as well as online ordering, I mean, this is a multi-million dollar business just waiting to happen. One of the things that happens when people scale, you lose this handmade, Right? how do you address that? 
You know, that's something that we're just going to have to learn along the way, but we are so diligent. If there is anything that's compromised, we're all over it. But I also know that we haven't spent tens of thousands of dollars on equipment yet. So if I could get better equipment too in the kitchen, I know that we won't compromise the quality. So it's just a matter of testing. So what are your revenues? A quarter million this last year. And how much is an apple pie? We charge $30. But like lemon meringue, gluten-free, those are a little bit more. I'm probably not even charging enough for those. I should probably be charging 45 and I'm doing 35 So I've been a little below the market. What are your margins though? Are they okay? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 70%, I believe yeah. she said. Significant. Significant. Talk to us a little bit about your direct-to-consumer versus you selling wholesale. Right now, we're in the butcher's market. We're looking at a couple of high-end grocery stores. That is a huge market, and it continues to grow. But I really do see the value in direct-to-consumer. We can deliver. You can go through third parties for delivery as well, but I'd like to keep it within the organization just because once it starts to go out in third parties, you lose a little bit of control. But so far, we've had zero issues with a customer places an order. It's not as automated as I would like for it to be. It's a contact form. It's a little, you know, archaic. But right now, they'll go online. They'll place the order. I'll send them an invoice. And then we can turn it around pretty quickly. But once I get all the automation going with our new website, it's going to be about a 48-hour window. And then as long as they're in our delivery window, they're going to get a pie to their front door. Talk to me about the industry a bit. Competition. We've talked about this a recent presentation, just being in beverage and in food, it's just such a competitive feel. And you can have a unique kind of mom and pop recipe, but that's not going to really be. You so know, you the, could probably name a handful of cupcake companies. But in this area, who can you really say is only doing pies? So you can go into a bakery, but typically bakeries don't even have pies sitting there unless it's the fall to winter. So we're doing it year round. We've got our key lime pie. I mean, we're working on some other really exciting things for the summer. So key lime, coconut cream, our lemon meringue. No one, I mean, if you Google it, nobody's doing this, especially direct to consumer. And the demand is there. The demand is there. there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had, I want to say over 35,000 hits on my website last month. And that's my slowest month of the year. And I don't even have a brick and mortar. So we've had this little pop-up shop, but, you know, it's not to the level that we could take take this. How's it doing? Very well. We were just testing it out for six months just to see. It kind of fell in our laps. Friend asked me if I wanted to do it. I was hesitant at first, and then I saw what the rent was, and I was like, I'm in. (laughs) And it, I mean, we have been, we booked Citrix for 700 people. Red Hat, I just did 300 pies that I shipped nationwide out for a local guy that found us because of our pop-up shop. So how does the shipping, that's what's going to So yeah. you're going to ship a key lime pie to... So right so now we're only shipping little. specific okay. pies. otherwise it gets smushed. We can, though. You just have to have dry ice. It's a whole process. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the shipping industry and packaging for years, so he knows how to do it. We shipped 500 pies out for a tech company in San Francisco a couple years ago. So we can do it successfully. They 
said it was the biggest customer response that they had ever received. You usually get a Christmas gift from corporate and you're like, all right, I ate it, whatever. People are actually calling them and saying, no one has ever gone this above and beyond for us before. So when we do ship it, it has to ship frozen. But like any of our fruit pies does not have to have dry ice. So our shipping costs are pretty low considering it's a food item. Because there's no dairy, egg, soy, an apple pie can sit out for, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but (laughs) (laughs) like a week. But when it ships, I usually ship it like two day shipping at the most. And so it thaws as it's shipping and it arrives beautifully. It arrives ready to eat. Mm -hmm. How much money do you think you want to raise? Right now, this is the first time we have explored this. Mm -hmm. Um, We are looking at... Probably 20%, 150000 And And what, what would you do? What would the use of funds be? Advertising, automation, and better equipment. Would you consider a loan? Yeah, depending on what it is. Let's take a break here. Robbie's question about considering a loan is important because her company, XL Ventures, invests in women through debt deals. So she's interested, but she also has concerns that you'll hear in a minute. First, let's talk about WeWork. While many are asking the question around what the workplace will look like in the coming months, WeWork is actively working toward a solution. The design and operations of WeWork spaces will completely reimagine the work environment, focusing on your health, safety, and peace of mind with new cleaning standards and operating procedures to keep spaces clean and your health a priority. This will be reimagined design standard to keep members at a safe distance from each other in common areas. Day-to-day operations of running your business have drastically changed but WeWork is dedicated to providing its members and the greater community with resources that support your business during this unprecedented time. Visit WeWork.com to learn about the company's response to COVID-19 and how they're helping businesses of all sizes navigate the future workplace. Let's get back to Kristen's pitch. She knows she wants to grow this company, but how should she do it? and the investors start to feel out whether she's coachable. On the packaging, I've seen your pies, Mm -hmm. and so they come with a fairly vanilla plastic cover. Mm -hmm. So have you thought about spoofing that up? Yeah, I mean, I'm always improving. So if there's a better option and it's not going to break the bank, then I'm all over it. But it hasn't hurt you in the... No, we in the beginning, we did craft color boxes, and they were cute. But then it wasn't realistic. So when we're sending them out to like the butcher's market, for instance, we send hundreds of them at a time. So it's like you have to be careful about the delivery process and just making sure it doesn't collapse. And there's a lot that goes into it. We do. Our half pies are doing really well at markets. We do have a very large grocery store that is interested in selling our half pies. They do very well. Mm-hmm. You sound like you're familiar with these pies. <laughs> well, I just happened to see it. I was yeah. at the butcher. Yes. Uh-huh. I've never been there. I live in Chapel Hill. I was in Cary doing something else. And I wandered in there and I was like, wow, look at all this. And I have, I've actually come to your house and bought a pie way back when we first moved. Back. Oh, my so gosh. So, I'll have to look you up. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we but, have an email exchange. But, yeah, so when you go to the grocery store, you've got volume. Do you think it lessens your brand? Will they try to price you down? Sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. It's going really well. It is. And it has driven a lot more business. So like when you're in a grocery store, 
the margins are not as high, but you get to say you're in that grocery store, right? If you say you're in one of these top grocery stores in the area, I mean, it just immediately gives you branding recognition. And so I would prefer to grow it yeah. on our side, but it it has done a lot of good for us to get to this point. And I hear all the time, you're everywhere. I mean, where are you not? So, I mean, people- You're not in Chapel Hill, I can right, tell you that. Right, right. <laughs> the branding in itself is becoming so recognized. So, I, checking out your website, you say you're not just a family business, but a family passion. So, I, I sense that this is something you want to keep in the family and keep multi-generational. You got youngsters coming up that's going to be like you. When <laughs> I have an eight-year-old con- daughter, and she yeah. can bake a pie from scratch. Everyone will be adopting her. <laughs> <laughs> right. She is the best. Given the opportunity, I'm not ever going to say no if the price is right. Mm. Yes, it makes sense for me to stay involved, but I also feel so passionate about what I'm sitting on and what we can accomplish within this business that if it means it gives my daughter a better opportunity to sell the business, then that's when you start to talk about those bigger numbers. I'm open to whatever comes my way if it makes the most sense. So is there a vision for expansion outside of your immediate local area? I know we're capable of it. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do feel like right now, it's in our best interest to really dominate this area with our pies and then focus more on nationwide. I know we can do it either way. So if it ends up the path becomes more obvious for us to do it on a more national level, then yes. But I'd like to really try in this area first to be a a household name. Everyone knows if they're getting a pie, they're getting it from us. But I do believe in our product that much that we could and should be on that level years to come. And do you see going into anything beyond pies? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay I know this is what we're good at. Yeah, right. And no. Well, I've I had that hopeful because you talked about biscuits. So I know. Yeah. Oh, however. Uh oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. Let's just say there's opportunity branch. there too. But yeah, I mean, this is what. I know this is my passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a la mode is never hurts. So no, <laughs> yeah. and I have one of my closest friends owns an ice cream shop in this area. So we've mm-hmm. done a lot of corporate events a la mode. So where's your dad? Is he, is he retired? Might retire? Or? Yeah. He's actually over here. So, if you get him started, you may not be able to get him to stop. <laughs> so be okay. careful. I'm the youngest of four, and I have always been the one to take the risk or do something that just is out of the norm. And I started giving these out as Christmas gifts. And the reaction was like insane. And then I was like, you know what? People don't really know what a good pie is. Like I was so naive to it. And then the very next year I gave them out again. And they're like, you do know we've been looking forward to this all year. And we were going to be upset if you didn't have us on the list. So then I approached my father and I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but he's like, he knew immediately because he knows me so well. He knows that I'm not going to give up. And so he was like, let's do it. There was no question. He knew. He said, I will start baking them for you. You run the business. And so he always empowered me to run the business. My mother as well does not get as much credit as she deserves. She likes to be a little behind the scenes, but she's very, very much involved. My very first post was a 
business card, a picture of my business card. I don't even think I'd filed an LLC yet. <laughs> and I was like, I've started a business. And next thing I know, I'm getting, getting orders. I'm getting orders. And then we book a restaurant. And so the three of us together, we're just, we're going to keep going. We believe in this so much. But yes, he is prepared specifically this year. This is my year to really make some big moves and I'm prepared to make them. And he, he's very much prepared to kind of phase out. He is tired. He has earned. Three o'clock in the morning comes early. Yeah, and my mother as well. Yeah, ten thousand pies a year. Yeah, we're busy. Yeah. So, have you ever thought of making smaller pies? We do. Okay. We actually do. They are. They completely slow the kitchen down. It's smarter for us in the space that we have and how we're producing to stick with the whole and half pies. But we do. We do like slice shooters slice bites we do slice in a jar we bake a pie in a jar that is the worst to make though (laughs) it takes a lot of energy and time so we definitely have other products for sure and then at the pop-up shop we're selling slices we're also selling slices at a couple of other restaurants right now and they're doing really well well our fund was launched a year ago and we're a committed capital fund focusing on african-american founders so we we aren't in a position to invest, but I'm very grateful that I met you. Your passion oh, shows through. You. And, yeah, certainly wish you the best in, in your journey. To I grow. appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I need to turn the mic off. This is the best pecan pie I've ever had. I, just, I don't want this to get out. Don't turn the mic off. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want my wife to hear it. <laughs> yeah, she makes a really good pecan pie. This is the best I've ever had. This is really good. Thank you. Um, I think you're doing some good stuff, but I, I don't see where I can help. So okay. best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. I discussed this with another entrepreneur earlier. We've taken people's money, and what we told them is we're investing in B2B software companies. Mm -hmm. And so this cannot qualify as a software company, I don't believe. My recommendation is there are people that have made money scaling businesses like you're trying to scale right now. And if you can, get smart money behind you that knows the pitfalls and what you might run into, and they'll see the passion in you. And if you raise money from them, I think that'll be a good option for you. Thank you. So... At Excel, we invest in women. We do small amounts of money, twenty to 100000 in debt to be repaid in one to three years. It's usually a stepping stone to something bigger. Okay. So here's my card. Okay. And I'd love to talk to you. Okay. All right. So Robbie Hardy wants to talk further, and it seems like a perfect match of entrepreneur and venture capitalist. We'll find out in an episode later in the season how the discussions and negotiations between those two went. But first, let's check in with Kristen right after her pitch. All right, Kristen, you're back and you're smiling. So I hope that's a good thing. How did it go? Well, I managed to not faint, so I think it it went really well. No, it went really well. They were really receptive to our story and our numbers. They were very impressed by that. One of them wants to continue to talk. That's awesome. Well, it's exciting because we knew this year we were prepared to start making some big moves. And sometimes that means you have to bring an investor in and we're prepared to definitely have a serious conversation about bringing someone in who can help us out and help us grow. This is just the beginning. We know what we're doing. We know what we're sitting on. We know how to make a a successful business. And so now it's just about taking it to the next level. So we're excited to see what happens. Awesome. What do you see yourself 12 months from now? What do you see yourself doing? 
looking at today and saying that was just the beginning of my investing journey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Startup Stage podcast. We'll be back next week with another dream chaser looking for capital to take the next step in their business. For more information on the investors and entrepreneurs, visit StartupStagePodcast.com. Startup Stage is proudly produced by EarFluence with recordings and editing help from Joe Woolworth at Podcast Carry. Executive producer is Jason Gillikin. Editor is Molly Brock. Assistant producers are Jalen Hatton, Candace Kelly, and Cece Huffman. Special thanks to the University Club in Durham for hosting the recordings. Thank you to our sponsors, Helios, Innovate Capital Law, Lenovo, Startup Hats, WeWork, Fancy This Photography, and the University Club. I'm Sharon Delaney McLeod, and we'll see you next week on the Startup Stage Podcast.